spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy, happy Friday, baby. Happy Friday. We've been telling you for a few days. We're going to have the new governor in studio, and here she is. Ladies and gentlemen, the new governor of the great state of Arizona, Katie Hobbs, joins us. Governor Hobbs, how are you? Welcome to the studios of the Gatos and Chad Show. It's nice to have you here. I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. All right. So, you know, we just met. Uh, We've talked on the phone a lot. We've interviewed you before, uh, but we've never met you in person. So it's interesting because we don't know. How impressive are we? (laughs) Already, right out of the gate. I'm blown away. Yeah, not too impressive, right, Governor? Uh, We don't know each other. And when I see you, I see someone who's always very polite, very calm. Uh, and soft-spoken at times. And I'm wondering what ticks you off. I'm wondering, is there maybe behind closed doors a shrewd side of of Katie Hobbs, a tenacious side, uh, someone who's going to talk to the Republicans maybe a little bit differently than what we hear in front of a, a microphone? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, people tend to underestimate me. That might come from my soft-spoken nature, as you mentioned. Uh, but I certainly uh, can tough it out. I I, I faced a lot of uh, uh, things as the Secretary of State, the election denial, and we persevered and, and continue to stand up for the voters of the state of Arizona. And uh, so, yeah, I think folks will, will be surprised. So here you are, your your first couple weeks into this thing. It's been a whirlwind. What has caught you by surprise uh, uh, so far? You know, I uh, there's a lot that we have to fix in this state, and I, I knew what we were getting into uh, when we got here. Um, but just it it comes at you fast, and there's a lot uh, to deal with every single day. So I think. Um, Figuring out how to balance, you know, the the day to day and what comes at you every day versus the long term goals and what we know we need to work on to to help fix the state and make make it an Arizona for everyone, as I talked about in the inaugural. Governor Katie Hobbs joining us uh, in studio. So your state of the state speech. You had some Republicans walk out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were three that walked out. There were a couple that turned their back to you. You were up there. Do you notice it? Uh, the teleprompter was honestly in the way, and uh, I was focused on making sure that uh, Arizonans were, were getting the message uh, that I'm ready to work with anyone. Um, I think that's the message they sent us in the election, that they want folks who are going to put the partisan politics aside and get to work on these tough issues we're facing. Uh, I'm still optimistic that we're going to be able to do that. But you didn't see it. You didn't see them walk out. I mean, I was anticipating something like that. Yes. Okay. So now that you know they walked out, how does it make you feel that they walked out on your first speech? You know, I think that um, it says more about them than it does about me. And I think it's honestly more of an issue for Republican leadership in both chambers than it is for for my administration. We're going to move forward, um, continue focusing on the issues we need to address and uh, focusing on how we work together to find solutions. Governor Katie Hobbs joins us in studio. Uh, The Republicans, you've got to have some friends over there that, you know, you can work with. But the reality is there's some people over there that uh, they don't want to work with anybody with a D by Mm -hmm. name, especially somebody like you. Uh, How are you going to be able to put some stuff together? You rolled out your budget. They want to piecemeal some stuff together. We got a lot of stuff. So we got to get to how are you going to work with them? Well, Again, the, the issues we're facing as a state, many of them are urgent. There are things I talk to Arizonans about on the campaign trail, uh, investing in public education, fixing our water crisis, addressing the housing crisis we're in. Uh, these are not Republican or Democratic issues, and these are issues that voters demanded that we work on, and we have to come together and find common ground. I have had encouraging meetings with Republican leadership. Uh, they acknowledge the fact that we need to find common ground, so I'm, I continue to be 
optimistic. Governor Katie Hobbs is joining us in studios. We got a couple segments with her today. Uh, let's talk education. Uh, Ducey gave teachers a raise. Uh, well, they they all showed up on his lawn, and that's pretty much why that happened. And they forced his hand. Uh, what's going to happen with you? Are you going to give teachers a raise? Uh, you know, your budget is coming out uh, sometime today. Uh, we've got underpaid teachers. Uh, we've got classrooms that are too big. And uh, we've got teachers that are leaving the profession in droves. How do you fix that? Well, one of the things I announced in the State of the State address is that we'll be uh, creating a teacher retention task force. Uh, Pay is certainly one of the issues that teachers are facing, but there's a lot of other conditions that are driving them out. And, um, you know, we're not. We don't have a, a teacher shortage crisis. We have a retention crisis, and we need to get to the bottom of what is causing this. What does this. that mean, though? Because if we have 2,500 classes that are empty, isn't that a teacher shortage? I mean, there there are plenty of teachers. They're choosing to leave. Mm. Um, these uh, The low pay, the crowded classrooms, the unfunded mandates, the onerous re- requirements uh, that are being put on them are, are robbing them of the joy of teaching, and we need to find out how we how we address that, reverse it, and keep teachers in the class. Is there a specific plan to pay teachers in your first year? Uh, We have uh, my budget will significantly invest in public education uh, and um, you'll see. And I I touch on this in the say the state, um, the the ESA expansion, which will which which has the potential to bankrupt our state. um, You know, we need to address that and that will invest more money back into public classrooms and and teachers. How are you going to work with Tom Horn? We have, you know, we've had him on uh, early on when he was running, and uh, he is... Uh, I'm not a fan. He is not... Gatos is not a fan. Uh, there's a lot of reasons I think people are not a fan, but how are you going to work with him? Because you guys are polar opposites and everything. Superintendent of Public Construction, Tom Horn. Yeah. Yeah, he reached out uh, during the transition. We had a good conversation. He is very interested in finding areas of common ground, and I think for the, for the benefit of our teachers and students, we have to do that. Um I was a little taken aback by his priorities laid out in his inaugural address. Uh, so we'll see. Which um, one? Which specific uh, thing did, did made you? Oh, what's that? Well, I mean, he's completely focused on discipline, uh, and I think um, it's important. It, it, it is important. I think his his focus on that really kind of puts him out of touch with what I'm hearing from teachers and parents and students that they need in their classrooms. Mm. Because it sounded to us like he wanted to like bring back corporal, corporal punishment. punishment and stuff and, like that. I don't know if it was that, but he definitely felt like it was discipline. But I've heard from teachers to say since COVID in particular, kids, especially younger kids, it's been a real struggle with mm-hmm. with with discipline in the classrooms. Yeah, and we need to support teachers to be able to um, to to have that classroom management. Um, I don't know that uh, Tom Horn's answers are the right answers. Mm. Uh, in studio, Governor Katie Hobbs. She's got one more segment with us. Uh, when we come back in one minute, uh, we're going to talk about the border. How do we get this thing locked up? How do we fix it? Also, nationwide, homelessness rose by less than 1% from 2022, uh, from 2020 to 2022. So less than 1%. But in Arizona, the t- same time frame, 23%, 23% So we'll job. ask the governor, uh, what is her plan for homelessness? Uh, governor Katie Hobbs is in studio. All right, in studio with us, uh, Arizona's new governor, Katie Hobbs. We've gone over uh, her State of the State speech. We've gone over some uh, education, Chad. Uh, Let's do homelessness. Let's do the border. Let's start with the border. Chad, you want to start with the border? Let's start with the border, my man. All right. Uh, 
You know, I got to tell you, one of the times we talked to you about the border, I didn't love our conversation because it seemed to me like you were blaming Trump for a lot of stuff. I don't care about Donald Trump anymore. He's gone. Um, Joe Biden's done a terrible job on the border. How do you work with a president who's done a terrible job on the border? I know that governors can only do so much. Okay. How do you get him on board with doing something about the border? Because I think this falls on you, Governor. Yeah, no, I think that um, regardless of the party in Washington who has control, there's been decades of inaction on this issue. And I am I will say that I'm encouraged by recent announcements made on border control and immigration, uh, the president's recent visit to El Paso and the border. um, And and I'm encouraged by that. I have a call with uh, Homeland Security Secretary when I leave here. uh, So um, and I've invited him to the border in Arizona as well. I think what I'm hearing from community leaders in those border communities is that they don't feel heard by Washington and that this continued neglect and and ignoring them is that's a problem. And so as governor, I think it's my responsibility to continue to advocate for our needs. So regardless of if I agree with the president's approach or not, uh, whether it's the president of my party or not, I have to be an advocate and I think approach matters. I think when the approach is focused on how do we find real solutions versus I'm going to do this political stunt, like put up a shipping container wall that has now cost Arizona $200 million and is being taken down, um, that doesn't solve the problem. And how can we utilize those resources that are really going to provide meaningful relief in those communities that are bearing the brunt of of this um, inaction from Washington? Yeah, the, uh, the, the, uh, look, I look at the containers and I say to myself, $200 million, so that sounds like quite a uh, somebody got paid because that's government, as we all know. But Nobody feels like they're heard out here. And the frustration yeah. level from Texas to here, I mean, California and Christopher Newsom, he doesn't care. Yeah, everybody can come here. But it, it, everybody has a right to be frustrated, and they didn't hear us. And while they're political stunts, they did get people talking in D.C., mm-hmm. which nobody else was doing. Yeah, no, I think I think that, that we're starting to see the result of that. I think the president's action and um starting to acknowledge that we need some real solutions for both border security and immigration uh, reform uh, is is encouraging. So uh, we've got a homeless problem. Yeah. Some of it is people who are unhoused and they need uh, a hand up. A lot of it, there's got mental health issues. Mm-hmm. We've got drug issues. Can I read the stat again? Yeah. It's insane. Was it less than 1%? Yeah. Uh, homelessness rose by less than 1% from 2020 to 2022 nationwide. During the t- same time frame in Arizona, it's increased 23%. It's it's. We don't want to become San Francisco, right. Seattle, Los Angeles. How do we avoid doing that? Uh, because that's the fear. I've, I was born and raised in California. It isn't the place I recognize. And the fear is that we could become that. How do we help people get to the shelters and the things that they need and the help they need without telling everybody, well, you're just going to have to deal with them on the streets. Right. So I'm a social worker. uh, So I've dealt with this issue throughout my career. My first job out of college was working with homeless youth here in Phoenix. Um, It is an incredibly complex issue. And um, the majority of people who are unhoused um, for for a long time have been dealing with chronic and, and multiple issues, uh, mental health, substance abuse. And the fact is we don't have enough services or we don't have services that are meeting their needs. And oftentimes when you have someone who's homeless and you say, go get these services and then we'll provide you shelter, they can't do that. 
Um, it's just not, they don't, they're not equipped to do that. And providing that safety, um, that immediate safety of shelter, um, can go a long way to helping them get to a place where they're stable and then they can access services. We're also seeing inflation in Arizona is largely driven by skyrocketing, uh, rents, uh, in Phoenix, Tucson and Mesa, uh, but everywhere. Uh, those are the, the three biggest areas that, that is happening. Um, and that's also increasing homelessness right now. People are being priced out of housing and they have nowhere else to go. We're seeing a significant increase in seniors on fixed incomes who can't afford increased rents. Uh, and we have to build more housing. That's the answer to it's the supply. It's supply and demand. We have to build more housing. And so I, I issued um, an ex- executive order in, in the first week in office where we're going to reestablish the interagency council on uh, uh, housing and homelessness to help uh look long-term at how we can address these needs. But then also my budget will invest $150 million in the housing trust fund, which is directly dedicated to uh, affordable housing. Uh, but then we we need to get the red tape out of the way so that we can build the projects that are in the pipeline that will absolutely help alleviate some of this uh, issue. I love getting the red tape out of the way because a lot of times, you know, you, you, you do something today and you pass it and then four years from now, they're still arguing. Yeah. About. Governor Katie Hobbs is joining us in studio. Let me bounce back to the border real fast. Yeah. What do you say to the people who are listening right now and they're saying, well, she's a Democrat. She doesn't care about the border. Um, A Republican would do a better job on the border. What do you say to those people? I absolutely care about the border and I absolutely care about what we can do to provide real solutions uh, to the issues that 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 Arizona is facing. And as a border state, uh, we bear the brunt much more than a state that's not on the border. And um, I'm going to advocate for our needs in Washington, and I'm going to put resources where they can be most effective here in Arizona. So uh, Republicans listening out there, you've got the people that are, you know, the QAnons, the, it, it was stolen, the, the Carrie Lake fans, whatever. But there's a lot of Republicans, a lot of libertarians, a lot of people out there who maybe didn't vote for you. What do you say to them to say, all right, you know what? Give me a chance. Uh, we're going to find common ground, a lot of mm-hmm. things, not everything. How do you win those people over? Look, I, um, I'm the governor of Arizona and I recognize that and I want to be a governor for all Arizonans, whether or not they voted for me. I know that the issues we're facing are not Democrat or Republican issues. They're Arizona issues and we have to come together to solve them. Uh, my door is going to be open no matter if I agree with someone or not, if we can work on an issue and, and come up with a solution. One year from now, what's the one thing you want to get done? Well, I hope that we're able to pass a budget and that the government doesn't shut down. Yeah. Um, but and and that's, you know, and I, I don't mean to laugh about that because it would be a really bad thing if that happened. Uh, but I'm it's one of the things that that kept me up at night during the campaign and after the election um, is that is is how far is an extreme majority going to go to create failure uh, when we really need to be working together to move our state forward. All right. Governor Katie Hobbs, first trek into the KTAR studios on uh, the Gatos and Chad show. Thanks for taking some time out and answering some questions. And we hope to talk to you soon again. Thank you so much. All right. Governor Katie Hobbs here on KTAR. Chad, when we come back, let's react to some of the things that the governor said. Uh, yeah, wait interesting. Till she gets out of here and we'll talk all kinds of smack. <laughs> right there. Chad, she's still here. <laughs> oh, geez, she's still here. Wait that. for her to leave. It's the Gatos and Chad show. The Gatos and Chad show. Afternoons.
That's right. Afternoons here, Gatos and Chad Show. Join us every single day, as we always say, we're beautiful. By the way, speaking of beautiful, maybe you're thinking to yourself, uh, I'd like to get rid of these glasses to be even better looking. How about this? Ditch those. Go to King Lasik right now. Both eyes, just $3,500. $2,000 savings, 0% financing, 24 months OAC. Uh, Lasik with Dr. King, only 146 a month. Go to kinglasik.com slash Arizona for complete details. All right. Uh, Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs was just in uh, studio. Uh, and if you missed it, we'll replay a little bit of it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, you and I inter- interview politicians a lot. Uh, I must say, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't like really any politicians. We've always kind of said no. that. Yeah. You, so what what we wanted to at least do in this interview is we've got a new governor. Let's see where she wants to take the state. So she is because yeah. we really never talked to her outside of when she was secretary of state kind of stuff. And, and that's a good point, too, because I n- I've never met her before. You know, it's funny. We were talking about it yesterday. Becky Lynn's like, oh, I met her. You know, Becky Lynn went to some gala and she she met uh, uh, Katie Hobbs before she was governor. I think she was running. So you and I have interviewed. Um, Katie Hobbs when she was Secretary of State and then running uh, for office. But we've never sat down and had a conversation face-to-face. Uh, and we've never, you know, met her, shook her hand, looked in her eye, you know, and 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 discussed stuff. So one of the reasons of bringing someone in studio, I think you get to know somebody uh, a little bit better. It's much more personal when you're doing it face-to-face than, than on the phone. True. So, you know, it's 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 our first experience with the governor. Uh, you know, the first question I asked her is, you know, you're you're very soft spoken. Yeah. And she is. And I don't see her get angry. But I you know, I did think she made a good point. This is a lady who 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 maybe she sounds soft spoken, but we've even said it during the election. She's tough. And you say, well, Gatos, well, why, do you, stood a lot why of, do you say that? Of, of attacks. There's no doubt about that. Right. And I think that, that that grows you as a human being. I think that toughens you as a human being. Remember, you know, she had people outside of her house yeah. that wanted to get in there and kill her. I mean, she, there were there were police officers that were out. They've been outside of her house for years, yeah, man. Nonstop threats because yeah. of, of what took place. So uh, in your experiences in life, you know. Uh, you know, she's gone, she's gone through this whole 2020 ridiculous QAnon garbage. Uh, and now she's she's here and she's the governor. So I think that does give you some toughness. But if you listen to the question that I asked her first, I was really interested in because she comes off very nice because she comes off a little bit quiet. Because, you know, are you tenacious behind closed doors? Because what I want to know is this. You know, maybe some of those Republicans who walked out on her on the state of the state. Well, what if they meet with her? What is that like? I'll tell you, I'd like to be a fly on the wall and watch that inside the governor's office. You know, I mean, it'd be very interesting. I mean, she said she expected those guys to walk something like that to happen. And it happened because uh, right. I think maybe that's just the way things have become now in, in politics. Uh, yeah, she she the very soft spoken. Uh, I don't want to say she's meek, but she's definitely there's a little shyness there. But, you know, don't always uh, confuse being maybe shy or a little soft spoken with being weak. Correct. It's going to be interesting to see, like you said when you have to go and negotiate yeah. and find a common ground and B, be able to actually negotiate in such a way where you're willing to walk away from the table, you're willing to say no, maybe even every once in a while willing to raise your voice. Yeah. And I mean, if somebody does come in, want to speak to her and, and they think that, oh, well, she's got this quiet voice, what the governor told us is, you know, uh, they uh, uh, maybe they underprepare when they like come they in and talk to her. they think they can run her over. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that can't happen here. No. It can't happen. And we can't have a governor like that. And she says, that's on me. So, okay. That was kind of interesting, getting to know who who she really is. Um, did we get real specific stuff on the homelessness problem in Arizona, the border um, felt a little bit like her speech. What we well, kind of got from the speech, she just kind of threw some of that stuff out there, maybe added a little bit more to it, but it wasn't, it's not like we learned anything, I think, spectacularly new. Like, we're like, whoa, I didn't think about that. You can say whatever you want, right? But it's the actions that we're going to, to see. That's what you get judged on. Right. How many times will she be down at the border? Cause she said Ducey did a big stunt with the, the shipping containers, 200 million. Um, and again, I can argue both ways that there are pros and cons for what he did. And she even said, at least, you know, as I told her, I said, well, yeah, but it got noticed, right? It did goes, get noticed. It did get noticed. Right. She recognized that because but it, it was wasn't. a big bill. It, well, I don't think, again, I'm trying to figure out how that costs that much money. And I just you have know to the think answer. Uh, government is how it costs that much. But somebody got paid. Right. One of his buddies got paid. Um, but both sides do that kind of stuff. So uh, our, our interview with uh, uh, Katie Hobbs, the new governor of uh, Arizona, kind of interesting. Uh, so let's see. We went over education. We went over uh, the border. We went over homelessness. I thought it was interesting that uh, when we talked about her speech, her uh, state of the state, I wanted to know if she um, she saw them walk out. Yeah. Because I got to tell you, like, if you see people start walking out during the biggest speech of your life, you know, I wonder if that rattles you a bit. Like, if it's one person, maybe they got to go to the bathroom, or maybe they have a ticket right, phone call, right? right like right. you think. But if it's a group of people, There's you're like, I don't people. think I'm doing very well here. No, it's like three people just walked out, so she didn't see it. Yeah, because she said the uh, teleprompter yeah. blocked her from that. What do you think? You, see, I would like to think, like, if that were me, and I'm, and of course, that's never going to be me. I don't. I would never go into politics, but if I'm up there giving an awesome Gato speech, and I see some people walk out... You're calling them on like, it right there? Hey! Hey! Where are you going? You too good for me! You don't like what I'm saying? Why don't you come up here? I'll share the microphone with you, Junior. <laughs> what do you got? But I'm. But that's not. That's you know. Do I have the guts to actually do that in front of people? Probably, probably not. But uh, I think it is. Uh, I, I didn't like that anyone walked out on her. You should listen to what the governor has to say. You can hate every single part of her speech, but if you don't sit there, you're gutless. If you leave. You're a joke. If you walk Just don't out, come at that point. Oh, you you're not turn going your to. back. You're unprofessional. And you know you you. And I I think the governor made a good point. It's it says more about them than anything. Yeah. Um, but she's so. got to work with them. That's the other side of it. At the end of the day, you know, you you've got to in your mind as a governor and anybody else, you have to switch off and say, well, you know what, that was uh, that was something that was there. This is business. Let's get down to business. Yeah. And I said it during the election. Katie Hobbs, Carrie Lake, whoever wins. You gotta root for them a bit. It doesn't matter what side you're on. You've gotta root for the state of Arizona. So I know that there's some of you out there, this isn't the person that you voted for. I get it. I get it. But, you know, it goes both ways. We're gonna have a Republican in here another day. It's gonna flip. Um, you gotta root for your state. And do you want, you know, do you want education in Arizona to get better? Don't you want to see the governor work with the, the other side and accomplish something? Yeah. I think the answer is yes. So just because, you know, the person that is in office is not the one you voted for. Rooting for them to fail. Yeah, that's not American, is, man. That's yeah. un-American to always, me. I've always been fascinated by people. Well, I want, uh, you know, so-and-so. I want Trump to fail or I want Biden to fail. I mean, right. you want them to fail so everything goes bad because you want to be right about something. Yeah, you want you your team to win. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. So um, we'll see. Again, we're going to see what kind of actions our new governor 
has. How many? When's the next time she's down at the border? When is she going to talk to our friend, uh, the mayor of, uh, of Yuma? She's going to talk she, to Mayorkas it, apparently today. Yeah, yeah is yes. Uh, is she going to get Biden down to the to the Arizona border? That's a big one. Uh, so so she and she knows there's ton of work to do. One hundred percent. All right. Governor Katie Hobbs uh, was our guest earlier in the show. We'll replay a little bit of it throughout the day uh, talking about uh, some issues. All right. I think I think it was a week ago we discussed this. last Friday. All right. A six year old shot a teacher on purpose. Wasn't an accident. Brought the gun in. And this is what authorities said. Uh, yeah, he wanted to he wanted to shoot his teacher. Yeah. And he did shot her in the chest. So we're now finding out that the school searched his backpack before the shooting. They had an inkling that something was going on with this six-year-old. Wow. And they missed it. How do you miss the gun in the backpack? We'll talk about it. The Gatos and Chad Show. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Hey, you're darn right it is. Yeah. All right, we're here till 6. Don't forget that. Where's Becky Lynn today? Would she switch with you, Mun? Crying out loud. Gave up on us. Give Becky Lynn a demerit today. I think we switched with her. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, we got a good story coming up in the 3 o'clock hour, man. Uh, somebody uh, somebody landed in airport jail because of a secret Santa gift. You got to hear about this gift. Airport jail? Yeah, airport like jail. Disney jail. Right? Is there a Disney jail? That's yeah. right. There is yeah, one. They have a holy cell. Okay. Uh, last Friday, what were we telling you about? We were telling you about a six-year-old kid went to school, shot his teacher. And everyone's, you know, thinking, well, he must, it must have been an accident. An accident, showing off, show and tell, something mm, like that. No. No. And the authorities said, uh, no, this kid planned it. Uh, somehow got his mother's gun. Somehow got it into school. Right in the middle of class. No altercation. Nothing going on. Middle of class. Shoots her in the chest. And the teacher was able to get 20 kids out while she was wounded. Amazing. So today, we've got new uh, uh, news on this story, and it gets more disturbing. Take a listen. Superintendent Dr. George Parker revealed that there was a report made that the boy might have had a weapon on him when he got to school Friday morning. His backpack was searched, but nothing was found. Okay, so uh, that to me is scary. How do you get that information? And allow yeah. the kid to show up at school. Yeah, there's a. We hear that there's a first grader that uh, might have a weapon in my uh, a six a six year old. So then you go through the bag and it's not in the bag. So what? Where was the gun? What did he do with the gun? Two and a half hours later, police were storming the school after that boy shot his first grade teacher. At least one administrator was notified of a possible weapon in the timeline that we're that we're reviewing. Um, um, and was aware that, that student had there was a potential that a weapon was on campus. So I was talking to my wife today, uh, who was a second grade teacher for almost thirty years, and I said, "You know, kid, ever try and bring a like not a gun but a weapon?" She's like, "Yeah, you know, like uh, like they see like a razor blade and they bring it in and they show it to their friends. They're like, this is cool. Look how yeah. sharp it is." Right. Or they bring a knife in, yeah. but it's not to stab someone. They're just like, hey, yeah. look how it's sharp. Sh- yeah. Yeah. Look, I got a knife right. or something like that. So, you know, you would think, OK, this six, the six year old, you know, maybe mom left the gun on the kitchen table and he brought it in just to show it off. That's what you would think. But see, that's not the no. case. He brought it in to kill the teacher. Did he bring it in the day before and stash it? Good point. And, how, and for the life of me, how do you find out? 
as a school that's administrator, how do you find out that that kid might bring something into school to hurt somebody? Did uh, he probably maybe he said something to other students that he was going to come in and do this to the teacher, and somebody said something to another teacher, or to a counselor, or to their parent who then alerted the, them, but. Then when you know that there is that much disdain, how do you not address the child and her mother immediately or his mother immediately saying, uh, your son, from what we're hearing, is threatening this teacher? Uh, because the more that you hear as stuff gets leaked out, that's not posted. This kid has a lot of problems, mm. a lot of problems. He is in a they took him to the hospital. And after a little bit of evaluation, he is in a essentially would be a, somewhat of a, a, psych ward? a, a psych ward. Yeah. Um. It is uh, it is hard to believe that a six-year-old could do something like this. And I was talking to some teacher friends of mine. Uh, and, you know, I even mentioned to my wife before I left today. Like, have you ever had a young kid who just, there was just something wrong, you know? Because we're finding out that this six-year-old is really disturbed. Yes. And... You know, I don't see I don't see that when I look at a first grader or a six year. I don't see the, the the word disturbed doesn't come in. And you know, a couple of my friends who are teachers said, "Yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen often, but there are a couple of similarities." Like there was uh, my my buddy who uh, I think he taught third grade. What he said was there was a kid in his class uh, who would come in and he would like he would hit one of the girls. He would trip one of the boys. And he was, he never showed that he was sorry for any of it. Like, disturb in a disturbing way. You just, I don't know. Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, the big, uh, like, case that's going on in, in, it was in Massachusetts where that guy's. No remorse is what I was trying to say. Yeah, no remorse. That, that guy that, well, they're finding out stuff about him. This is from what? Massachusetts. The guy that, like, looked like he killed his wife and he, like, Googled how to dispose of a body. Yeah. They're finding out now. He was in a uh, psych ward from the time he was a child till the time he was like in his early 20s because he was Gosh. psychotic. Yeah. And there are people out there who are like even that? at a young child, even at his young child, there's something that is and the missing and that no remorse side of stuff. Yeah. If they don't have any remorse, that's the scary part. And my friend said that it, the third grader was super smart, like overboard intelligent, you know. Almost to the point of... Well, Hannibal Lectory. Yeah. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Had that charisma about him, even in third grade, but never showed remorse. Always the smartest kid. Uh, so does it happen on occasion? Yeah. But a sixth grader shooting a fr- shooting his teacher? Shooting a teacher? Thinking about shooting a teacher. All right. Coming up next, will Governor Hobbs ignore the border like President Biden has? She joined us earlier. We'll give, her, we'll give you her answer coming up next.